A career in science could be tricky to navigate. People may view science simply as a path to research or healthcare, but maybe in reality, it could be both. On Career Sidelights, we have conversations with industry professionals from any field you can imagine so that you can take the next steps in your science career with confidence. Joining us on Career Sidelights today to talk about their career in research and medicine is Nolan DeLeon, an MD-PhD student at the University of Manitoba. Thanks for joining us, Nolan. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So both research and medicine, uh, these are two very like interconnected, but also different at times in terms of paths. So I'm curious, could you tell us a little bit about your path and you know the, the steps that you took to get to where you are today, I suppose? Sure, yeah. So and as a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. That was kind of something that I was always passionate about. Um, and going from high school to university, um, I left high school top of the class and I just felt really good about myself. And then when I got to university, I realized everyone's top of the class, everyone's fantastic. And um, it's really difficult to kind of stay on top and continue to be motivated about the things that you're doing, um, especially with a long degree. So during my Bachelor of Science, I was doing the schooling, but it, it didn't necessarily feel like I was taking courses that related to medicine all the time. It always just kind of felt like I was thrown into a bunch of sciences that were really interesting, but not necessarily applicable. Um, so what I kind of decided to do was I wanted to see what the other side of medicine was. And I, that's when I started trying to reach out, reach out to some researchers. I was lucky enough to get linked up with a pediatric surgeon scientist who introduced me to the world of research. Um, essentially, I was, I'm working on discovering new biomarkers for prenatal congenital diseases and looking at ways that we can treat and diagnose babies with congenital diseases. And in my undergrad, um, as somebody who was gunning for medicine, research was never something that I expected to um, really fully enjoy. But kind of when going into that, I kind of had to come into it with an open mind. I was thinking about it as, oh, this is something that can help me in, in medicine. But when I started doing the work, it got really exciting. You start realizing that with research, you're kind of like a detective. You're trying to find out who the killer is, or you're trying to find out this big puzzle. And you start asking questions that lead one after another after another. And at that point in time during my undergrad, as I may have alluded to already, I did feel a little stuck. I felt like I was in this place where I was just taking courses to get a degree and I wasn't really enjoying myself as much. But I think taking a jump into something that, you know, taking a leap of faith almost into this area of research and accepting that maybe, maybe I don't know everything and maybe the best way to do this is to just trust yourself and let yourself go. Um, that was a massive step into this new profound thing that I never knew I would love. So after I had graduated from the University of St. Boniface, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to continue research. I didn't know if I wanted to apply to medicine. So I actually went up to my supervisor and I said, look, here is an idea that I have. I have a project in mind. Can we make it happen? And then within a month, I was doing pediatric surgery research in Belgium. So I got shipped off to Belgium. I was working with pediatric surgeons, uh, OB-GYNs, and it was just this amazing experience where I, I was in a place where I didn't know, and I was just following this, this 
this passion of just answering questions that I never knew existed. Um, and when I came back from that, that's kind of what changed my whole perspective on what medicine is. Medicine and research are often thought of as this dual track system where one there's one way of thinking and there's a second way of thinking. But in reality, there's procedural and there's conceptual thinking that happens in both of them. Mm-hmm. So why not look at it from the lens of a scientist and a clinician? Right. And you make a really good point that there is a lot of things that kind of seep into each other, right? Like research requires medicine and medicine requires research. Like it, it goes both ways. But I wanted to ask, because this is actually a very big discouraging factor for a lot of people. People say, oh, but you know, doing a PhD or doing a research degree takes such a long time. And medicine also takes such a long time. And they feel so discouraged because they have to just be in school for so long. So what would you say to people who feel discouraged with that kind of like time commitment? And what would you say in general uh, in your process of figuring out that doing a combination of research and medicine uh, was the right choice for you? I think something that people get tied up on a lot, and I do too, is the concept of time. <laughs> what is what is time? So essentially, I would have loved to get into medical school at 21. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> right. But if I look back on it, if I look back on it and I think about everything that I've done since then, coming into medical school at, at 26 now, I feel like my experience has been enriched and I can look at medicine in a way that I, I wouldn't have been able to at 21. Feeling discouraged is normal. Feeling discouraged is part of the process. We're not always going to succeed. Even in research, 90% of the research is making mistakes. And I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of slack here. We're allowed to take our time. We live in a world where everything is so rushed and you feel like you need to get things done right away. But if you really think about it, what's at the end of life? At the end of life, when you finish it, you're finished. So why not (laughs) take the steps to enjoy it? If you're not taking the time to enjoy your life, you're not taking time to explore, what are you really living? And yes, a PhD might take a long time. A medical degree might take a long time. Everything takes time. It just depends on where you want to put the time that you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about figuring out how to save babies, if you're passionate about being in the clinic and talking to people, if you're passionate about both of these things, why not give both of them a shot? The worst thing that can happen is you end up with two degrees. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Either way, either way, it's, it's a good deal. Yeah. And that doesn't sound too bad to me either. Yeah. And I, 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 I like that. I like that message of just, if there is something that you're interested in pursuing, you, you know, you don't have to give up on one, right? Like you don't have to give up on research to go to medicine and you don't have to go give up on medicine to go to research. If, if you like both, why, why not give it a shot? I, I really do like that. I guess that also brings up like another big thing where people kind of talk about, you know, the whole dual degree, like, well, you're going to have to give up everything. You don't, you don't, even, even if you're doing medicine, if you're doing your PhD, it's really important to not give up your life outside of that, I think. Right. So like for me, I'm, I'm a competitive weightlifter and I still do that. Just last year, I broke a Guinness world record weightlifting and that's something that I enjoy. So again, it's not even just applicable to like your, your science, your school, your education, just follow what you love and things will fall into place. And and to our listeners, even if you're not a Guinness World Record holder, if you love to play, you know, casual sports, you know, whatever gets you going through the day, it, like I, I, I would have to agree personally, but 
you know, you bring up a really good point, right? You should always stick to the things that you're passionate about. So you have a lot of inspiring words and genuinely a very, very cool story and background based on, you know, the research in Belgium and, you know, pursuing both research and medicine. So for people who are interested in what you do or want to at least try to explore these kinds of options and maybe see if both research and medicine is right for them, or maybe just one, what kind of advice would you have for them? I think the biggest thing is to trust yourself and go for it. So the whole reason why I got into research is because I cold called a supervisor that I thought was really cool. I, I, it was, I remember, I remember it. It was seven in the morning. I had my CV laid out. I had my first introduction page and I was really excited because I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I pressed send and within five minutes, I got a response. I had an interview lined up. You never know what opportunities are out there unless you knock on the door. And I think a lot of the limiting factor here is yourself. A lot of people, I think, get in their heads and become afraid of, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What if I, what if, what if they don't accept me? Number one, if a supervisor doesn't accept you, there's many of them. Number two, like there's the only thing that's holding you back here is you. So at this point, take those risks, take the jump, because that's, that's the exciting thing about research. You never know what you're going to get into. You're diving into a world of pitch black and it's up to you to be the flashlight um and i guess another thing that i would say is like if you are interested in research don't allow your preconceived notions of what you think you're going to do in medicine interfere with your interest in research so a lot of people want to align their clinic and their research which is totally totally great that's that's fine but at this stage in the game, if you're just getting into medicine and if you're just getting into research, let it talk through you. Because I think at this point, you're going to find out a lot more about yourself than you knew before. Going into medicine, going into research, allowing the experience to lay a foundation for the things that you enjoy and set yourself up for a life that you're excited about. Allow it to happen. Don't limit yourself by having these preconceived notions of I need to get into medicine at 21, I need to do research in cardiovascular because I want to be a cardiac surgeon. Do what you think you're interested in and let it take you where it needs to go. Right. And yeah, I, I guess it would be, a lot of people are surprised as uh, how opportunities appear or they, they pursue them and, and life kind of figures itself out, I guess, in a lot of regards. And your advice kind of reminds me of that classic Wayne Gretzky quote of uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So, you know, send those cold emails, right? <laughs> Definitely yeah. send the cold emails, go for it. You never know what's going to happen. Like I, I didn't know that I was going to be in Belgium doing fetal surgery. Like that was not something I ever imagined, but it was just because I decided, you know, like go and do it. That's actually something that I, I, I've started trying to incorporate a lot more. If it's, if something is scaring you, if you're feeling nervous about something, ask yourself why. Ask yourself why you're nervous about it. And for me, a lot of it was, I'm nervous that, as we brought up before, I'm nervous that the PhD in medical school is going to take a long time. Why was I nervous about that? Because I felt like I was putting my life on hold. Whereas instead, maybe you can look at it as, this is how we're starting our life. This is what we're building. This is part of my life and this is part of me. So if you're contemplating and you're worried about something, ask yourself why you're worried. And more likely than not, the answer is do it. Right. <laughs> and this can kind of apply to a lot of situations because uh, a lot of people might be in a program that they dislike or like they dislike the, the material of their undergraduate degree. 
mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. So if anyone wants to explore more options, right, it's probably a similar piece of advice here, right? Just just do it. Just figure out what's out there, send those emails and try try whatever is out there, right? Definitely. So for another question I wanted to ask you, because this is something that a lot of people uh, struggle with, and there are some individuals who just have little guidance when, when it comes to starting a career in science or medicine. They, whether that be like they don't really have any family within the field, they don't really understand where to start. Uh, you know, some people, you know, if you have parents who are doctors, for example, uh, you kind of understand the process, you understand what it might look like and the, getting into medical school and all that. So my question for you is what kind of advice do you have for people who have little guidance or might not have those kinds of uh, support systems that know about science and medicine? So this is actually super relevant because I'm the first one in my family in, in medicine. I'm the first one in my family doing research at uh, like scientific research. So like this is a very personal question and I, I can definitely talk to it. I think the big thing here is we have to realize that, you know, some people have certain things in their advantages, some people don't. And what we can do here is understand that the society of science and medicine are very open and very willing to help. And for me, a lot of this was, like I said, cold calling and following up on intuition. I think if there's something that you're interested in and there's something that you're passionate about, you will always be able to find somebody that can help you. And whether that be, you know, a professor from university or literally doing what I did and cold calling a pediatric surgeon asking if they had a moment to talk. The biggest thing here isn't necessarily how to find the right people. It's deciding to find the right people and putting yourself out there. As somebody who didn't have, you know, parents in medicine or anyone in medicine, it was, it was really difficult to, you know, find your path and find your way. But I think if you're able to understand who you are first, if you're able to figure out what it is that interests you, what's in your heart and what you want to see, look for those people. And those people are all over the place. You're going to find out that the world is a lot closer than you would even imagine. The world's a lot more friendly if you look at it through your own eyes. And a lot of people see things the same way that you do. So go out, find them, and maybe you won't find people right away, but people are listening, so don't worry. So we were talking a lot about, you know, these cold emails and just like putting your best foot forward and just trying whatever you can. But uh, I, I know for me personally, but also for a lot of people, uh, they, they, they have a huge like fear of failure, right? Like what if I send out a hundred emails and I get a hundred rejections, right? Like nothing, <laughs> nothing could feel worse than that. Uh, and, you know, whether that's actually likely or feasible or true, like probably you'll get some people to, to call back, but that, that, that's just like the irrational fear, right? Like you just can't help but think, what if I fail? Like, what if I don't make it, right? So what, what would you say to people who have this kind of fear of failure and uh, what, what can they do to try and overcome that? So I think, again, with fear, it's very much about asking yourself why it's scaring you. What about the failure is scaring you? Because if you look at medicine, getting into medicine is difficult. It's very likely that whoever's listening, maybe you've applied before and you haven't got it in. I know a lot of people who've applied like four or five times and they got in another mm-hmm. fifth time. Right. With research, a lot of it is failure. A lot of it is figuring things out and putting things into place. And I think, again, you just, you really have to ask yourself, what is it that you're afraid of? And a lot of the time, it's that we're just not good enough, that the failure is because of something wrong with us. I think what we need to do is kind of shift the mindset here. Failure doesn't mean the end. Failure is 
a learning process. Failure is part of the process. Mm -hmm. If we try and we don't succeed, that gives us an opportunity to look at what went wrong and how to become better, how to be better people, how to be better scientists, how to be better clinicians. That's why we have studies. That's why we have large clinical trials and studies. It's so that we can continuously improve. I would be more worried about the person who never failed in their life. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's kind of a given. You want to make sure that, you know, you, you understand life in all of its aspects and it's, it's undoubtedly, you know, something that you're going to come across. So when you do come across failure, because you will come across failure, I want you to think about it, not as a personal fault because you are bad, but I want you to think about it as something that is now in the way for you to climb over. And when you're able to climb over it, you're going to get a little bit of a better view. Awesome. And on that beautiful note, thank you so much, Nolan, for all your insight, your motivational advice, all your wisdom. Really, really helpful. And hopefully the audience uh, can also take some stuff out of this and maybe pursue a career within research and medicine, maybe both. So thanks so much. Of course. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about medicine or any of the other topics we've talked about on the show, visit us on Instagram or TikTok at Sci for Everyone and on our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. Career Sidelights is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It is produced by June Kim and Maddie Hobson and is edited by Lee Rand Goodman.